You're listening to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast with Chris and Garrett. Hello and happy Thanksgiving from the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. I'm Chris and for your holiday enjoyment, Garrett and I are providing audio commentary for the John Hughes Thanksgiving classic from 1987, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin and John Candy. While we said we were taking off this week for Thanksgiving, we had this episode recorded quite some time ago, so we hope this is a nice surprise during your Turkey Day festivities. In 1987, John Hughes was synonymous with teen comedies. After a string of hits, including Sixteen Candles, The Breakfast Club, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, to name a few, all of which we here at the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast have covered in previous episodes, Hughes moved into more adult-based comedies with this road trip journey between two mismatched types played to absolute perfection by Martin and Candy. The finished film was actually much shorter than the original screenplay Hughes wrote. We talk a little bit about the uncut story in this episode and how we are hoping for a director's cut that incorporates footage that was taken out for the theatrical release. Be sure to check out Garrett's YouTube channel, All Things 80s with Garrett, this week for a special video about planes, trains, and automobiles. Now is the time to grab your copy of the movie, fix yourself a plate of leftovers, and join Garrett and me for our movie commentary of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. of become like a thanksgiving movie you know like christmas has home alone it's kind of like you know john hughes has like the corner market on those holidays like he's got this movie for thanksgiving and then he's got home alone one and two and christmas Christmas vacation so yeah he definitely he's got the corner market on the holiday movies at least the big holidays yeah but yeah this is um this might be this might be one of my favorites of his. Um, I just, I remember I saw this movie when it originally came into the theaters. Um, and I loved it then because Steve Martin was and is one of my favorites of all time. And then of course, you know, John Candy, like it's, it is one of the biggest tragedies. I think that Steve Martin and John Candy didn't do more movies together because they're so good in this movie. Um, they just, uh, one of the book that I, that I have, um, it talked about, and you may have this in your book about, they just, Steve Martin talked about how he just loved working with John. They just constantly riffed off of each other. They were improvising and just like, they just, they clicked, they understood each other and they just worked really well together. But the problem was they, Hughes let them improvise so much that it was just a nightmare for the crew because if they started improvising and something like, they did something different Then the camera crew had to change the setup. They had to move lights around. They had to do this and that. And it was just, especially when they were doing the outdoor scenes, when they're in the car that's been like burned and they're still driving it out in front of that hotel, that motel, they decided both Candy and um, Martin said, we need to stop improvising because it's just, it's, it's a nightmare. We're having to sit out here in the cold and the crew is miserable. So right. stop doing it. So, um, but still it's a, uh, it's a really funny, funny film. One of my favorites. So um, I am ready. I will count us down uh, and then we'll hit play. Um, Go ahead. Three, two, one play.
There's the Paramount Mountain with its stars. Yep, we got stars. Yes. Mine says Paramount now. Maybe. What's yeah. your What's your count at? Um, <laughs> let's see. Nineteen seconds. Me too. Okay. All right. Paramount 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 Pictures presents. Here it comes. Yep, it's coming in for the landing. New York City two days before Thanksgiving. We're gonna watch. That's such an eighties watch. Like a eighties swank YouTube watch. So couple of things. This guy, I forget the actor's name. Um, actually, um, Amazon can tell me. William Wyndham. He was in She's Having a Baby. Um, and we're going to see Kevin Bacon in just a minute. He was also in She's Having a Baby. Yeah, Kevin Bacon said he loved working with John Hughes. He said he'd do anything he asked him to do. Yep. And, and that's Ferris's Ferris, dad. Ferris dad. Yep. I always wondered if that was actually Ferris's dad. You know, like if, because his dad was an ad man. And I always wondered, like, is this, you know, is he playing Ferris's dad or is he playing some other character? But I know that it, Hughes had said that his movies took place in the same universe. So I thought, right. maybe, maybe. Such an 80s look and feel, though, the suits and. I think it is Ferris's dad. I'm going to say it. I need to check the credits, but it would be great if it was. I would hope that would have been mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. Martin could have said, "Tell Ferris I said, hey." <laughs> that would be. That would Tell be. Ferris, I hope he feels better soon. <laughs> So here we go. Roy Rogers, Nick, look at that. Roy Rogers behind it. Roy oh, Rogers. yeah. There he is. Kevin Bacon. I think this was the character from She's Having a Baby. It looked like he was it, it looked like he, I mean, it was really close to filming at the same time, but it really yeah. was. Here.
that trunk. Yep. I watched I watched the press junket. It was on the it's on the DVD for this. Right. John Candy, him and um John Hughes. And at first it's like John John Hughes looks like almost like like Steve Martin's kind of kidding around and he, it's just almost like like John Hughes is like kind of like just kind of glances over at him like yeah. Almost like it's almost like this stays, and then like he's like he just like doesn't like him, and I'm like, I'm like, man, did like did Steve Martin like get on his nerves or what? I you know I wondered about that because that's I watched that same junket and um and I wondered, but then knowing but what, if it goes on, if you if it the more yeah. it goes on, he's lightened, he he loosens up, and yeah. His his humor is dry in person. Yeah, exactly. I think he's just, he's not he's a different type of humor, right? And I think he's just he's a very he was a very aloof type of person, and so I just th I really think I mean as much as I, I like and admire the guy's work, I think he was just a bit of an oddball. So I, I'm trying to remember. So this actress that plays um, Steve Martin's wife. I went to college with someone who was related to her and I can't remember who it was in college. I was, that was related to her, but it's like she was their aunt or something like that. And so I remember them when this, you know, this movie was something about it was, it came up in a conversation. This is when I was in Greensboro and somebody said, Oh yeah, that's, um, that's so-and-so's aunt. And I was like, what? It was one of our classmates. And so, but yeah. The Canadian Mounted. Is that is that the title of one of your books, Garrett? What? The book he's reading, The Canadian Mounted. Oh, yes. that's. <laughs> I love that shot of him in the <laughs> – they got, like, the taxi door and him looking through the window. Try to get my cab. Yep. 
You know, something I, I just dawned on me, like Steve Martin wearing a hat like that. I mean, there were some people who wore hats like that in the 80s, but he's the only person, I think, in the movie wearing that kind of hat. I don't think there's anybody else, even people in the back, like the background actors, I don't see anybody wearing a hat like that. He just, he's, trying, he's trying to pull off the Molly Ringwald look. In I get, he's just kind of, yeah, he's kind of a throwback. Like he's dressing like, you know, a businessman from the 40s or something. Uh, like Cary Grant or something. Yeah, That's exactly. This may be the worst stewardess in the history of airline movies. She's the worst. <laughs> Here, there, anywhere's fine. <laughs> like you gotta be kidding me uh, I don't I mean I'm sure you know in all the times that you've flown you've run into delays and all kinds of things I'll never forget a flight that I took from LAX flying back from Los Angeles was flying well I flew into Dallas and then from Dallas to RDU that Dallas flight we got redirected two or three times because of fog and they made us land in Charlotte. We had to refuel. We go back to RDU, fly around RDU three or four times. The guy was like, the pilot was like, we're going to try and make this landing, but if not, we may have to go back to Charlotte. I was supposed to get back to RDU at like seven o'clock that night. I, we finally got out of the terminal at 3 a.m. It was absolutely miserable. Worst experience I've ever had. I love his perm too. That hair dude cracks me up. God, it's like, what if I look like if I gain, you know, if I gain fifty pounds and stayed right here? It's like, oh my gosh, just like. The um, did you notice the old guy sitting next to Steve Martin? Oh yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. He has been. I don't reckon. I mean, I recognize his face, but I'm like, but, it's kind of funny because he doesn't really have any lines in it. I mean, he's just kind of there. He, when he, I, he does when, when they're doing the the like the brownie thing. He's like, what? And he's like, yeah. he's, he's in. Uh, he's the husband in uh, Home Alone when the mom's trying to get back. And she's like trying to barter with that old lady, trying to sell, give her like trade her tickets, you know, for, and he's like, come on, like Maureen, we're, they're boarding our flight or whatever. And,
Oh, is that a deleted scene? It must have been a deleted scene. With the brownie? Yeah, yeah. it is. Did yeah. Make it I think they added in for the TV broadcasts, but yeah, it wasn't in the theatrical. Oh, okay. I watched I, I watched a bunch of stuff on the on the DVD things kind of. Yeah. But I didn't want to watch the DVD. About. Yeah. Well, apparently, Steve Martin said when he got the screenplay for this, it was like, like the script link basically would have made it a three-hour movie. And so Steve had told Hughes, he said, what are you going to cut? And Hughes was like, cut? I'm not cutting anything. But sure enough, he did wind up cutting a lot of stuff as they were filming. Hughes was notorious for shooting more film than any director during that time period. He'd just shoot, you know. Oh yeah. Thousands of yeah. tens of thousands of feet of film. Yeah, yeah, that guy was named Bill Irwin. He had over two hundred and fifty television and film credits. Yep. What year did he die? He's still alive. No. <laughs> That's good to say, man. What is 2010. He, 2010. He, he, oh, hey, he lived longer than John Hughes lived. Yeah. He must have gotten fired from Shermer. From anyone? Anyone? There was another time I flew back from uh, Los Angeles. We got redirected. Um, I wound up having to spend the night in, te in uh, Dallas, right outside the Fort Worth, Dallas airport because they messed up our flights and the flight was canceled to back to RDU. So I had to, uh, they put us up in a hotel for the night and um, I found out that the woman sitting next to me on the flight was an adult actress. So which hotel did you get stuck at? <laughs> no, I am. Um, I, I, I was a good guy. I just, I, I knew it. I found out because she made a comment and, um, and I was like, Oh, so you're an actress. And she's like, she said adult. And I was like, Gotcha. I said, well, great. How did it's like, it's like, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter. How can, I mean, how can I help you? She asked me what I did. I said I was a writer. But yeah, I mean, she was really pleasant. I mean, she was, she was very nice. Um, but we were kind of sitting there. So when we went, walked out of the terminal to get instructions and everything, they, they had not told us yet that they were going to put us up in a hotel and she was trying to get a connecting flight to New York. And, um, we were just standing there and she said, I, she said, um, I bet we're, they're going to keep us here. She's like, they're not going to put us on flight. It's too late. She said, this happens all the time. I'm like, well, I don't fly a whole lot, but it's a first for me. She's like, oh, she's like, this happens to me at least twice a month. Wow. So that the old dude on the plane, he was yeah. so he was in Dennis the Menace, which obviously was yeah. John Hughes. Yeah. 
Home Alone, which you mentioned already. Yeah. He was in She's Having a Baby. That's right, and, he was. And Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. So it's like, you know, so that's, I mean, so he did, I mean, I mean, that's cool how John Hughes would actually, I mean, use people. Yeah. Like, he trusted them. He knew what he could, I think that's, I think that was it more than anything. He knew what he could get. Oh, and this guy's, he's. Yeah. Nick, Nick. <laughs> yeah, he could play. He could play that crazy looking guy yeah. before. Diners Club. Ugh, I've been in some hotel rooms like that. That that dude at the that dude at the desk, I he had he had been in some incredible Hulk episodes, Roy oh, really? Darnell, and yeah. I remember him. He had a he he's a strange fella, and not, and not yeah. Sitting. Oh, magic fingers. Oh, my. It's not the first time John Hughes has used that in a movie. Yep.
you know that uh, that hotel clerk. What I remember him from, I just looked it up and it clicked as soon as I saw it. He was in the original, um, the uh, Burt Reynolds movie. Um, oh, what was the name of it? Longest Yard? The original Longest Yard. He was. That's what I remember him in. Because he kind of played. Uh, yeah, he has. Yeah. He was a snitch, well, kind of like a yeah. He was a snitch, kind of, right. kind of a had a weird look to him. Then you know, it could, it's yep. her name Layla Robbins that's her name she was in another good movie in the 80s with Tom Selleck uh, an innocent man have you ever seen that did you ever see that movie which one um, Tom Selleck uh, an innocent man he plays a guy who's falsely accused of uh, crime and he gets sent to prison So true story, uh, when I was in taking theater classes in Greensboro, I had to do a scene with one of my classmates. We did this scene. I played, uh, I did the Steve Martin part and my teammate or my classmate, Eric, he did the John Candy.
Let's unlock. That's not like, man, my dad would have been like, That looks like the place I stayed in Dallas that time. Because <laughs> it was out in the middle of nowhere. I can't hear this song without thinking about this scene. It just makes me laugh. Somebody did a cover of this song recently and it made me laugh. <laughs> Kisses his ear. See, <laughs> Mars, you heard that talking about this. He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, you get up, you have to get in your pajamas, you're, you're in pajamas, and you know what you're going to go do to go film this scene again and again. I love. Do you see the the handprints that are on each side of the each side of the the yeah. of the. I think your I think your your address yeah. to step side. You must have been in that that room too. <laughs> Oh, that's classic. Now this house is in, yeah, this house is in Chicago. Yeah.
Oh, you think so? <laughs> you think so? <laughs> this actor this actor has done a lot of stuff he was in the um, Toby Maguire Spider-Man movies. He played uh, Dr. Connors. Doesn't look like it in this, but it is him. his name. Dylan Baker. Oh my gosh, he's This is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're sharp, Burton, yeah. fellow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, very heavy. I love it. I love it. She gets it. Short and skinny, but she's strong. First baby. Come, Come out sideways. She ain't screaming up. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> she's a real trooper. Maybe 55. God, it scared me. <laughs> this is my favorite part, though. Up. There's so many moments in this movie that just make me laugh. One. <laughs> Yeah, I heard some stone up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there he goes. The yeah, there's the Amish people. <laughs> Love it. Okay, that's. I mean, some there's some there's some there's Christmas there's Christmas vacation. Oh, uh, Ross. Yep. Yeah, Dad. Yeah. Audrey's eyes are frozen. <laughs> Thank you.
It's like, stop talking to me, you weird old man. <laughs> Whew. You can tell the ground's all frozen. Yeah, I, what I read, it's like they were just talking about how, how cold it was where they were shooting. <laughs> that old dude just sitting there with a cigar in his mouth. He got his mice crawling on him. <laughs> yeah, they're like <laughs> three coins in the fountain. <laughs> they're all like, what?
She's wearing a flip in her ears. <laughs> that dude was in weird science. That voice, you know it from anywhere. Like, uh, yep. The family jewels. Yeah.
Is Marathon even a real car rental or were they? This is where he loses it. The frustration you can you can you traveled at all, had any kind of problems, you know. There's the hat. If John Hughes was trying to find a way to get rid of that hat. <laughs> it looks it looks like the jerk right there for a second. It's Grace. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> 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 He said that, that that last scene was the reason this movie got an R rating. <laughs> yeah, it got an R rating for that scene. Had more F bombs in it than like entire, yeah.
<laughs> That's quite a ride.
fingers. <laughs> Famous last words. Jamie Foxx did a version of this in that movie, Ray. No, I was, I was reading an article about John Hughes. It was after it was that was um, I think a Vanity Fair article or something after after he died. They had talked with his boys, but in the article it, it mentions um, like Vince Vaughn had a couple of quotes from him that he's from he's from Chicago area that that Northwood whatever North Park whatever it's called Northbrook area and. Um, Oh, there's that cigarette thing. Yep. But basically, he, you know, he, he said that, if you know, and, and you mentioned this before, like he said, he said if he thought if John Candy would have, would have, would have died. He thought that John Hughes would have done more, would have done more movies and um, probably would have, you know, even yeah. done more, probably done more movies, which, you know, with him. Yeah. But I, but I was thinking about it and I was thinking, and he's, and he mentioned, and there's another thing talking about how, he would go. He would go hang out with John. I guess he's with a few few actors who he who he still stayed in contact with and hung out with. But he said he'd be over there, like one night, like at seven at night, and be and be there still in the morning, and then be hanging out all night talking and, you know, and there's your mask. Yeah. There's a, there's a certain uh, odor. That's what you live with. You live with a teenage boy. That happens. Yeah. I was sitting there going, "What is that smell?" And I looked over, and it's like his feet are uncovered. Rust, rust your feet, Russ. Yeah. There's a John Hughes line for you. Rust your feet, Russ. Yeah.
<laughs> what are they saying? You're going the wrong way. I don't know who made that standard trunk, but uh, they should have gotten like a, a product placement or something. <laughs> they bent the wheel in half. <laughs> I think they'll get be a little bit more on. Buff this out. Oh yeah. Get this stuff out of the freaking road. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I love that that orange glow that appears. Yeah.
Looks like I lost uh, Garrett. Oh, there he is. Yeah, dude, I'm having I'm having internet issues. It's that my right now my thing's not even maybe quit playing. Oh no, it's got a little. Yep. All right. Are you getting it back up, or is it just not coming up at all? It's not coming up at all. I mean, this came back. It, it, it's, it's weird because like it's it paused first, and then the Zoom went out, and the Zoom came back, then the Zoom went out, the Zoom came back in, and that's still hmm. not doing a thing. Ninety. All right, it's at one minute and four. I'm at one minute four seconds and tw one one minute and uh, one hour and four minutes into the movie because we got okay. twenty eight minutes left. Let me go back. You said you're What's at your, you're at one oh four. One oh four. Yep, there it got. I think it's coming back. <laughs> there it went. Okay, now they're laughing. All right, go ahead and pause it though. Where where are you at right now? 104, 20, 28 seconds. Okay, hang on one second. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Uh, you want me to count down? Yeah, count down. Three, two, one, play. El Rancho. Well, they really find some doozies in this movie. 
hey, we can we can have our next Mexican meal there at the Rancho. <laughs> The uh, hotel clerk, motel clerk, he was the um, attorney in the first Jurassic Park movie that the T-Rex ate. The dude who ran into the little bathroom and then the T-Rex, basically he's sitting on the toilet and the T-Rex just looks at him and then eats him. <laughs> A Casio. <laughs> These were cheap digital watches, God. Roy Orbison. You see that painting? Black velvet Roy Orbison. Oh, that's awesome. Your dad cut his hair. My dad cut his hair. There we go. People out there and listening on Zoom. Right. Is either it was either nineteen fifty five or nineteen fifty six. I don't know which one it would have been. It was somewhere in that time. He graduated in fifty five, so I don't know if it happened if it happened within that that six months right after he graduated or the or that, that following year into fifty six. But yeah, he cut Roy's hair and Johnny Cash's hair.
<laughs> Probably not. Babe, I'm going back to uh, Jamaica. Jamaica, man. Go to Jamaica. Have some rum, man. Dig it. Irie, Irie, man. <laughs> and wasn't he in Cool Man's Running? It's Cool Runnings, yeah. Cool Runnings, whatever it's called. Yeah, Cool Runnings. Yeah. Woohoo! Wow! Oh. <laughs> I close the conversation by saying you are one unique individual. What is unique? Uh, Latin for asshole. <laughs> I think my wife would agree with that. <laughs> well, as much trouble as I've had on this little journey, I'm sure one day I'm going to look back and laugh. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> oh, I'm laughing already. Oh, God. Oh, my Was that seem hot or what? <laughs> like a big whopper. Turn me over. I'm done on this side. I'm afraid to look at my ass, you know? I have those griddle marks on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Why do I feel like I'm at summer camp? Oh, so back to what I was saying about oh yeah, about Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Is that um, uh, you know it's, you know I mean Vince Vaughn's obviously a different kind of comedy than than John Candy or Steve, you know Martin. I mean they're, but he's a he's, he's a funny dude, and I'm It's a shame. I wonder if if John if if John Hughes didn't die, I wonder if he would have considered. Writing some stuff for Vince Vaughn and trying, yeah. you know, what I'm saying. I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, it would have, it would have. I don't know. It just would have been neat if. Um, you know, it's because it's like you know, like John Hughes needed, he needed a, you know, pretty much he needed a muse. That's what they called it. It's it's it's, it's like an under overlining theme. I mean, he didn't need it put that way because I mean, he wrote vacation, did Mr. Mom, um, you know, you know, prior to writing, and he wrote and he wrote Breakfast Club before he wrote Sixteen Candles, yeah. but but he but they talked about how well he did write when he knew his care who he was writing for. They talked about it's hilarious. I've, 
like, but like when he, but like when he knew who he's writing for, it was like gold. You know, it's like. Yeah. Yep. No show today. Happy Thanksgiving. That doesn't happen. Well, at least before COVID, that Thanksgiving is like the busiest day for movie theaters. Yeah. Are you going to get you home? I don't care. Just so the heaters work. Oh, uh, driver's a little freaky about people riding up his path. Why does Bell look like you have a black eye? Can't sit up there. Where are we supposed to ride? Because Neil didn't hit him in the face. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Let's go clean or something. It was cut out. Dog and cheese. Yeah, it must be a continuity thing or something that did they didn't catch. Got messed up with the editing or something. Yeah, I bet you that was a longer. I bet you that was a longer scene with yeah. that state trooper or something. Maybe so.
Yeah, there they should have. Should they should looked a little bit more rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah his. All right. Oh, no, it look like look like they got a shave yeah. and a. Look at that cell phone ad behind him. Yeah. Big old, Stay in touch. Big old brick, brick phone.
Please tell me them. Please tell me them are raising out of that trunk. <laughs> Get Marie in the trunk the whole time. These are ashes. You know, I'm not saying they're actual body. So apparently there was a story that Hughes wanted to use the Paul Young version of this song, but he couldn't get clearance rights to it, so he had to go with this one. Daddy, you smell like smoke. <laughs> Spring on John Candy. John Hughes. That's right. Written and produced by John Hughes. Hughes Entertainment, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah. Um, he died a few years ago. He had a heart attack. He was he was in his fifties. Was he? No way. He was older than that. He was in his sixties. Yeah, he's older than yeah. yeah it's kind of, 2009? I think so. I should, man, I should, I mean, as much as I've been studying on John Hughes, I think I should know the freaking man. He was 59. I, he was almost 60. Oh. Well, don't turn the light off. Because I still need it. All right. Yeah, man. He died August 6, 2009. Good night, Dad. All right. Good night. Night, Colin. Night. Night, Uncle Garrett. <laughs> Good night, Uncle Gary. <laughs> night job, boy. <laughs> uh, that's right. I remember when the news, because that was like, that was in August. I remember because. Um, Two days before Logan's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first birthday. His first birthday. And I, the funny thing was, I remember. Like the week before he died, I um, I watched Uncle Buck, and I remember thinking, you know, like I wonder, you know, what happened. Like I knew he had left Hollywood. I, I knew that he had kind of retired, but I, I started. I remember the week before I was looking him up to see what he was up to, 
if anything, and I just was kind of going, oh, I wish he still made stuff, you know, like, and then yeah. a week later, I get the news, and it just kind of floored me, because I was like, I was just looking him up the prior week, and thinking about, you know, him, and, you know, just, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he's... Uh, Scott, I watched... I bought the. Um, I think now the light don't show, light shows are good. It's the it's this documentary. Yeah. Don't you forget about me. Yeah. I bought it and I watched. I watched it last night. Is it good? And, um, and I don't want to. Because these these people ever watch this online, I don't want to sound like I throw them under the bus here or whatever. It's like you know it's. The premise is good, and there's a lot of cool interviews with um, Alan Ruck. Is that, is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, um, Howard Deutsch. Am I saying yeah. that correct? Deutsch. Okay, good. I'm finally getting this right. Um, Andrew McCarthy, Jen Nelson. Um, uh-huh. there, I mean, there's some really um, – the, the kid – Mike from sixteen can from sixteen candles a kid he he's a little he's grown up and I talked to him, um, and there's some really good there's some really good interviews there that they kind of just and, and they're not very long but they're like little little tidbits you know type of deal, um, some other casting like the casting people who who, who did like sixteen candles and Breakfast Club and yeah Jack and something other there's some really good stuff there the I was disappointed that these are filmmakers. And I'm sounding critical, and I and I really trying to be nice here. I don't want to be ugly. It's like going. They it, it just it, it doesn't seem like they're on this quest to like find John Hughes, and they want to tell. They've written like they got this video love letter kind of from kids of the of the two thousand the early two thousands talking about how much they love John Hughes films and how much th- those films mean to them, even though it, at the time it had been twenty five years. I guess roughly maybe 20 years, maybe 20 years. Yeah. Maybe 20 years, about 20 years since the, since the breakfast club and stuff like that. And they're talking about how much his movies are still better than anything that's coming out at that time and all that kind of stuff. And so they had, they got a great premise. It's just that they look like they're like their, their quest seems a little bit unorganized. And, and, and I, and I get that because it's like going, you know, like if you and I went, you know, and, and did the same thing, it, it, I, I kind of feel like, you know, like, you know, like we could easily be, you know, you know, kind of looking like that, you know, you know, maybe we're off, you know, like we didn't plan enough or we didn't do whatever, but for people who are like, this is, this is a, this is being put in movie format and they're in their film and their, their future director, supposedly, I kind of feel like it should have been a little bit, smoother or crisper i don't know you know like maybe the editing should have been better i don't know i'm, I'm not I'm, i don't want to be you know like that part but uh, but I, I are you still watching uh, i'm not the the guy at the very i forgot they added a scene at the end of the credits the dude at the beginning he was looking at the different ads the old guy it uh-huh. shows him he's sitting in the boardroom by himself with his thanksgiving dinner still looking at the ads um, okay. I, I have to pull i have to pull it up and watch that yeah, it's a, it's right after the credits roll. But but in saying all that, I'm, and try not to try to put it back to a positive note on them on on their what they they um you know like their love for John Hughes is is evident, and that's you know like and that should be and that part should be commended, you know even if it's it's a little and and of course it didn't ha- it didn't have the ending that they were hoping it was going to have that they 
they went to his house. They they left a note for him and a copy of their video, and it got sent back to him. And you know, and and John Hughes didn't like. He didn't send a letter. He didn't send a letter or anything. And so, so it kind of has a little anticlimactic ending for them. And then, of course, you know, it was picked up after he died. And then, and so then it says like the film is dedicated, you know, to the memory of John Hughes. So at the time, you know, like you're watching it, you know, he's going to be dying soon. You know, like it's like he's still alive at that point, but he's going to, and so you're watching it, you know, what's coming. It's almost, but, uh, but unfortunately you were kind of hoping for a happy ending for them that, that he would at least would have, you know, like wrote a note saying, Hey, I appreciate, you know, what you sent. I, you know, you know, thank you or something, something, you know, and, and, and they didn't get that. And, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of the, kind of made it a, you know, didn't, it just didn't end on a whatever note, but it was, but what they, but the, but the stuff they got from, from those, from those actors um, were great. You know, I mean, like just little tidbits and stuff was like really nice and, yeah. Um, you know, and they all and everyone ended up saying, John Hughes, we miss you, we love you. When it, when it comes, you know, man, we love to see you. And uh, all they, um, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Smith is that his name from from All Rats. Yeah. That yeah, he 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 had he had a thing. He he talked in it. Um, but Joe, but probably what surprised me the most is like Judd Nelson did a really good. I mean, he was talking about, hey man, I miss you. I I'll hey man, I'll come to Chicago and see you. I mean, it's like and you know. I know they butted heads on the set and I don't, and I, and somewhere I wrote that, that, that someone wrote, I don't know if it's, if it's true or not, but it said John Hughes said he would never would work with Jen Nelson again. But, <laughs> but at the time, I mean, you know, like who knows? I mean, he, he may have felt that way at the time, but it's like, but you could tell that from the articles I read, it looks like Eric Stoltz and Jen Nelson and Andrew McCarthy are like, were like stubborn actors and and but and then and stoltz and and nelson were from that school of thought where they were like method actors which they got into it they stayed in that role and you know and i think that drove that drove you know uh he's crazy and then it shows it drove deutsch crazy and some kind of wonderful but i think these guys as they got older it looks like they even appreciate and respect John Hughes even more so now, even even more probably than they did at the time, even though they were just doing their job the best way they know how to do it. Yeah. Um, and it may have it may have rubbed, you know, Hughes the wrong way, and it may have and it may have rubbed, you know, rubbed Deutsch the wrong way too. But but at the same time, those guys, you know, you know, gave a good performance, and and so I think, but it but it shows you the respect that they that they have for Hughes. Um, and it's evident, you know, it's like, and, and even hearing Kevin Bacon stay in from, um, you know, he, that was from the, from the other video off the, off the plane trains I'm a bill, but he says, he goes, he goes, I love the guy. He goes, I would do, you know, he goes, whatever he would, you know, he yeah. calls me, I'm, I'm there. He goes, I, if, if I can do it, I will. I mean, yeah. and, and I think it speaks for, you know, like that, you know, you know, the lady who, you know, Edie, whatever her name is, it does the, yeah. You know, from Ferris Bueller, and we saw today on the at, the at the checkout counter, her and you know, and all the other actors who were who who've been in, you know, you know, been in his little tidbits of his movie and whatever. I think, and I think we would have saw that from Andy Michael Hall and and uh, and Molly Ringwald if if 
the situation was a little bit different if they were a little bit older you know I, I mean i think they would have solved the you know the benefit and would have appreciated it and i think they did appreciate it i think they just wanted to not be typecast and do something different and i think john really wanted to like continue this and when that is almost like when that didn't work out he was just like okay i'm i'm and he's kind of he, he moved on they moved on and and yeah. then he found John Candy, and it was like it was magic again. And then when John Candy died, I think that's when, yeah, you know, kind of, you know. But but they were but in this movie, they were talking. There was documentary. They were talking about at the time he was still alive. And they were going, you know, like you know, well, why won't he do anything, or why won't he come back out, or why won't he do you know movies? But from reading the article, you know, with his kids, it's like he he was enjoying being a grandparent. He was he was having he was. And he had like three or four grandkids already. They were they were young, and his his youngest son was pre his his wife was pregnant again. And it's like he was just he was loving being a grand. You know, he was enjoying. I I think he was enjoying the fruits of his labor. And he had you know. And but they said he was still writing. It's just that it wasn't always screenplays he was writing. He was doing other stuff. You know. And so it was like he he was he just found another niche in life. I think that and you know who knows. I mean. He may have come back if he would have lived. I mean, he may have got the bug and been like, you know, look, my, you know, my, my kids are grown. My grandkids are 10. He goes, you know what? I'm ready to do something different. I'm ready to get back in. You know, I may do a movie. I may write something. I may put something out there. It's like, yeah. so. Um, yeah. It's a real shame. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I could, uh, yeah, I could totally have seen him, you know, coming back and doing something and, um, you know, because definitely it, it seems like, you know, after he died, you know, there were a lot of movies that came out in the years after that were trying to recapture some of that Hughes magic. And like the, the last movie I saw that really had a strong kind of Hughes vibe to it was um, Booksmart. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I mean it's it really was trying to I think capture that sense and and it was it was good. I mean it was it was okay, but it's I I just think, you know, he just had the touch, you know, with those kinds of movies and and you know, with this with planes, trains and automobiles, you know, for me I remember, you know, I saw it. I was still in high school when it came out. And you know, I think I'd mentioned this before, like when we were watching weird science, you know, anytime a movie of his would come out, you know, I was always there to see it in the theater. Um, and, um, I remember watching this one cause I actually did not see she's having a baby in the theater. Cause it kind of came and went pretty quick. Cause it, it, I think it bombed pretty, pretty majorly. And so it wasn't in the theaters hardly at, at all, but, um, planes, trains and automobiles, you know, the fact that it was John Hughes and Steve Martin and John Candy, I mean, it certainly was like, oh, I'm there. But I remember watching it in the theaters just thinking that, like, I wonder if he's ever going to do another teen movie. And, of course, you know, he really didn't. I mean, Uncle Buck has kind of some teen stuff in it, but it's more more a grown-up movie than a teen movie. Right. And, and I remember being thinking at first, like, oh, I'm so bummed he's not going to do, like, another Ferris or – you know, another 16 candles. But at the same time, I thought, well, you know, that's, that's okay. Cause like, he's really doing a good job here with 
a movie like this. I mean, it's entertaining and yeah, I kind of like saw it as, you know, he's just, he's growing, he's moving into other things. And, um, you know, but I still, I, I'm with you. I sometimes think, you know, if he hadn't died, if he was still alive, you know, would he have come back with something, you know, would he have done something like a book smart or, um, there's another movie, uh, it's called the edge of 17. Um, that was, had a very strong Hughes vibe to it. Um, you know, but then like you were saying, he was still writing and I mean, there are still a number of screenplays that he wrote that have yet to be produced. Um, you know, drill bit Taylor and I think made in Manhattan came out. I can't remember if it came out after he died or if it came out before he died. But um, Drillbit Taylor it came out before he died. It came out before he died. That's right. that, yeah, Drillbit Taylor, I think, maybe came out after. It did. It did. And um, you know, so it's um, he certainly had a lot of stuff that, and I think he, there's still other screen. I know there's at least one or two screenplays that have not been produced. There was the one that he was gonna he had written for John Candy and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, we talked about that. Bartholomew versus Neff. And then um, there was one called Grisby's Go Broke, which is about a, a family, a rich family. They lose everything and they wind up having to live on the other side of the railroad tracks. You know, they have to basically become poor. And uh, that's, basically, that's basically the premise of Schitt's Creek on, you yeah, know, yeah. television. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so there's, there's those two screenplays that, have yet to be produced. Um, and I know when Drillbit Taylor was made, um, that was Judd Apatow, who kind of, I think, was, was, was shepherding that one. And, you know, Judd Apatow is another person, I think, like, if you look at his TV show, Freaks and Geeks, and some of the stuff he's done in the years, I mean, he's definitely somebody, and I think he's actually on the record saying this, that, you know, Hughes was in influential uh, for him. So, so yeah, it's um, he's definitely left a legacy. It's a shame that uh, that he um, he died when he did, because I think um, you know whether he had, he did anything again, you know, if he were still alive. I think I mean he. I sometimes think that his kids, because I know one of his kids is I think he's more in music production. Yeah. Than anything, but you know, there's there's I'm sure you know, a vault, maybe not a literal vault, but there's a collection of stuff that he did write that, you know, if, if he took the time to go through it, he probably could find a ton of stuff there that, you know, I feel like Hollywood would be jumping at, you know, like, Hey, I've, my dad wrote these screenplays, you know, and nobody's ever seen them before. And, you know, I'm going to auction them off or something, you know, he probably could make a small fortune doing that, but. Which he already got a small, there's those boys that are here that more money than they can, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's, um, yeah. I mean, the royalty, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure he's still, I'm sure the, the state is still getting bookers of money off of, yeah. you know, all this stuff. I mean, I don't want it, but yeah. Well, I mean, just, just the home alone movies. I yeah. Mean, there's no telling what those are bringing in each year. I mean, the thing about royalties, I mean, it all depends on the deal that Hughes had, but since he was producer, um, on a lot of those films, um, 
yeah, he's, his royalties are probably still coming through. So, oh, and he, I, I, I looked that up. I was curious about, but he, he was, it was Hughes Entertainment on Christmas on the Christmas Vacation one. Yeah, Hughes Entertainment is on is 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 the producer on on that one. Yeah, and um, that was the last one that he wrote for the series. But also, but I'm like, he picked a good one to like put his. I mean, yeah. That I mean, because that movie just—I mean, this just like, just like Elf and Christmas Story, it's now like it's a it's it's played like a classic, just yeah, like this. I mean, classic. it's yeah. it's right up there. Yeah, well, it's funny. I, I, we may have talked about this before, but you know, John Candy was in the first Home Alone. He had that small scene playing that uh, yeah. that musician. Well, apparently, Hughes offered john like a percentage of the of like the net profits or something to do the role he's like you know i think it was like a percent or something and john candy being john candy said no 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 he says i'm doing this as a favor for you and apparently hughes was like no seriously let me you know at least give you something for it and he's like no no, no i'm just you know it's just a day i think it was like a day's work for him and he's like you know it's it's you know i'm just helping you out and so apparently if he had taken that deal, it would have made Candy like a multimillionaire. If he had just taken on, just on that movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like Yeah, so it's 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 crazy. I mean, it, it is crazy when you think about how big that movie was and how much money it made. Um And it's I mean, my boys, I mean like Logan loved, I mean Yeah. He loved that. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he watched it every Christmas. He still likes to watch. I mean, yeah. this past Christmas he watched it. It's like, oh, yeah. it's, um, so it's 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 kind of the same way. I th- and I think it'll be interesting to see about what our kids and you, sh- you know how they will like when the time comes. I mean, I guess Colin could still could be watching it now, but like, but seriously, like, but you know, Sixteen Candles, he's Breakfast Club. He's, yeah. Pretty in pink, some kind of one. I mean, if they watch those and see if they have, and I know, you know, girls may be a little bit more in tune to some of that, but it'd be interesting to see about like a take a, a the teenage boy's take on Weird yeah. Science and Colin Sixteen Candles. Seen, um, he's seen Sixteen Candles and Ferris Bueller. Those are the only two he's oh, seen. Fair, I mean, you know, and, and he really liked those. He really thought they were funny. Um, he really liked Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I mean, that one probably holds up. I mean, someone said it on one of that interview said it's probably like, it's one of the, it's one of the perfect movies out there. And I have to, and I, and I never thought about it. And I was like, and I've heard that said about the, I heard that said about Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I have to agree. It's like, and I mean, I know I love both those films and I, I'm biased. I, I get that. And we're doing this, we're doing this thing, you know, but and these are some of my favorite ones, but I mean, I mean, for certain that has to mean those are, I mean, they are, I mean, like in my list, they would have to, they would have to be they're They're at the top. And for certain, if thinking about it, I'm like, could it really be improved on too much? I don't know if it could. I mean, it's just yeah. like, I just don't, I think it, it covers the bases and checks the, it checks the boxes and you know, it's just, it is, they are, they're that good. And, and it still holds, the test of time. I mean, it's like Back to the Future still works today just as well as it did in 1985, and it. Oh, yeah. And I think Ferris Bueller does too. I mean, it just. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's just, I mean, you can watch it. I don't think there's, there's, you know, like there's not too much about it that you go, Oh, that's, that's so dated. I mean, yeah, it's the eighties, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, this was a good one. It's definitely yep. one of my favorites. So we got to figure out what we're going to do next. I mean, um, we've, uh, we've got just a few left that we haven't seen. There's uncle buck. Um, we did not watch Pretty in Pink, and we haven't watched Sixteen Candles. I don't think we have not watched. Um, and that's one of my favorites. That's one. Of, um, yeah, mine too. I'm thinking we should do that next. We should do Sixteen Candles. I'm good with it because um, you know, and I know that's that. Yeah, the ones that I definitely would like to to cover are Sixteen Candles. I like Pretty in Pink, but I'm I'm kind of like if we don't get to that one, I'm fine. Um, we can give a shout out to John Cryer and just, yeah. just give a shout out to him. And it was okay. what we should at some point in time. We in saying that we have you ever seen John Cryer hiding out? Oh yeah! In fact, not only that, uh, one of my teachers from UNC Greensboro is in that movie because they shot it in Wilmington. I. I'm one of the few people, and you, maybe you were too, but I saw that at the theater. Uh-huh. I looked it up not too long ago, and it only made like seven hundred thousand dollars. It yeah, didn't make a lot of money at all, but it was a really good movie. I, really I liked it, and um, but we could talk about that on another yeah. Zoom. Yeah, but. Definitely, that's definitely one. So if we don't do Pretty in Pink, we should definitely do Heidi. Yeah, we should do that instead. Yeah, and so so in honor of Ducky and John Cryer, we can <laughs> we can say you didn't get Molly, but or Andy, but we'll, yeah. but we'll give you the hiding out, hiding out would be a fun one to watch. Cause I haven't seen it in years. I haven't watched, I've not seen that one in yeah. ages. I mean, probably I may thought one or two, maybe one or two more times after I saw it in the theater, but it's like, but it was on VHS or something. And it was, yeah. it was probably in a year or two that followed after that. So I haven't seen it since I was probably a teenager. So yeah. Yeah. That was just a few years ago, but I mean, you know, heck, yeah, my uh, my teacher who was in that she plays a waitress um in one of the scenes and um she was also in weekend at bernie's she had a small scene there um her name cool. is uh, Lori lindberg and uh, she's great she's a great teacher great actress um all right 16 candles first yeah, and then we'll yes, talk about yeah. where we go from there yeah yeah because i think you know i mean i would like to we don't have to uncle buck you know, oh no! I would like to do that. I'd like to do that one. I would so, put keep that on the list. I mean, yeah. for sure. I'm just maybe what we do is we'll do sixteen candles, and then we can do Uncle Buck, and that'll kind of close out John Hughes' retrospective, and then we can jump over to Hiding Out because I would like for us to start, you know, just kind of looking at some '80s and '90s movies that maybe don't get a lot of love or haven't, you know, kind of fallen by the wayside. That well, are, well, I, speaking of that, I was I was thinking another one, and this it's you know, of course, you know, we love Back to the Future, and that would be of course easy one to like to like do, but you know, I think Team Wolf is one that oh, you yeah. and I have, well, you and I have have <laughs> uh, enjoyed over the years, and could uh, you know, but but like but like it doesn't get the it doesn't get the credit I think, yeah, that it holds in that time frame. It's it's. It's a lot better than what people gave it credit for. Oh yeah, 
and yeah. it was back shelf and it was and it didn't get any and it didn't get any support until Back to the Future did well and then that's when it got pushed. So um Michael J. Fox was so hot after that, it's like they they pushed yeah. it off. Yeah, I, I wonder I mean I enjoy that movie, but it's it really goes to show you like, you know, would it have been su- as successful if he hadn't done Back to the Future and you know, I yeah. sometimes wonder it's because it's like, you know, it might have been dismissed as, oh, look at the TV star doing a movie, you know, but but like Back to the Future really solidified him as like, you know, it's like he could do no wrong back then, you know, so. Thanks for joining us this week for our special Thanksgiving episode. For updates and trivia, be sure to visit and follow us on Instagram at the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. And don't forget to check out Garrett's YouTube channel, All Things 80s with Garrett, for a special video released this week about planes, trains, and automobiles. That's all for now. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Adios.